Attention, citizens, it's time for Super Pope Science. This is Super Pope Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. I'm Gregory Kamichek, and I am here with my long-suffering co-host, Justin Curry, known the world over as Chasing Artwork. We also have a returning guest, Steve, from Printed in Blood, with a very special project uh, to talk to us about. Thank you, Steve, for coming on the show. Uh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure to come back. Now, for the dear listener... I want to set a scene. I am about 10 years younger than Justin. And so when the name Bernie Wrightson came from your lips the last time we spoke, my heart <laughs> grew three sizes. And Justin looked over and said, who's that? And I realized that this is such a great, this is the watershed. This is kind of the purpose of your next project is to fill in this gap between generations. And I just am so excited by it. Um, so why don't you, in your own words, tell us about this new project. And then I'm going to nerd about Bernie Wrightson for a little while. And Justin's <laughs> going to try and calm me down. How's that sound? Awesome. So, so about a year ago, uh, my buddy, Steve Niles reached out to me and he, and uh, he started a new, uh, a new business venture with Shannon Denton. Uh, a few couple of years ago called Monster Forge. And so they're in the process of creating IP and, and creating consumer products and storylines and, and all sorts of different uh, creative media stuff. And for so, the dear uh, listener, I will just, I'll just underline that if you haven't heard of Steve Niles, you've probably heard of 30 Days of Night, the book that he did with uh, Ben Temple Smith that got produced into a movie. So if you're just aware of him in pop culture, that's probably where you know the name from. Yeah. And so I've known Steve for close to 15 years. And so Steve reached out to me and obviously Shannon, we knew because Shannon had uh, put in art for the thing art uh, originally. So we knew, we, we knew Shannon. And so when we heard, uh, so Steve reached out to me with a, Steve and Shannon reached out to me with an email saying, Hey, you know, we really want to do this uh, this art book project uh, as a tribute to Bernie, and I, of course, was immediately okay. What's what's you know what's the issue? And he's like, well, there's no issue. Uh, you know, there's basically we just have to. He's like, the only thing we have to deal with is potentially dealing with um, clearances from DC for Swamp Thing. Uh, and, you know, and, but most most of the other Bernie rights and creations are all still basically held by him and his estate. So, I mean, it's really uh, the, the, the swamp thing was really the big one that we we wanted to try and we wanted to try and nail down because for people who are unfamiliar with our books, um, this is as very similar lines. We went out to artists with the idea that, you know, for those people who obviously were either new Bernie or. Uh, were knew his work. Uh, we were kind of looking for artwork done as a tribute to him. Bernie passed away uh, due to complications from brain cancer back in 2018, and it was it was kind of a shock. I mean, he had been sick for a little while, but it was it was one of those things where it's like you kind of hope that it's not actually going to happen because Bernie was uh, an absolute sweetheart, and it's just. You know, and I, I know, I know his widow, 
and the a good portion of the proceeds uh, from this project are going basically directly back to his widow. And I would just like to say that I've never met Bernie Wrightson myself, but uh, in my time in comics, I've met dozens of people who have known Bernie or worked with Bernie. And what they all, there's this moment in all the conversation, and you just did it also. There's all these, there's these moments where they say, oh yeah, Bernie Wrightson. And then they pause and there's this smile that comes across her face and they say, you know, he was such a sweetheart. He was such a kind man. He was such a, they don't want to talk really about the work right away. They have to go on record as saying, guess what? Even in comics, there's nice people. Just the nicest, funniest guy just to, to sit and chat with about anything. You know, it didn't have to be monsters. Right. <laughs> like in juxtaposition with his character, the like, striking darkest style yeah you know yeah. no better horror artist <laughs> in the history of horror artists i think than bernie Wrightson. he's for sure in my he sort of jockeys position in top one in my imagination forever this is a perfect time to talk about it because in i think it was 1983 it would be around then before 85 the he did illustrations for now i'm relying on my memory now so i mean uh, if you're Googling along with us, uh, dear listener, um, memory is meant to fade for a reason. But I was in grade five and my friend Gary had a book he was hiding in his desk during reading time. And I kept looking. I sat behind him and I'd look over his shoulder. I'd look over his shoulder. What are you doing, man? Why are you hiding that? Is that pornography? What is happening? What's going on? Why are you being so careful that the teacher doesn't see what you're reading? And he was reading um, Stephen King's illustrated novella of Silver Bullet, which Bernie Wrightson had done the art for. Yep. And at recess, we went to the corner like of the gym and the library building, and we were flipping through this Wrightson art that we were convinced we would get in so much trouble if our middle school teachers saw us with, right. which... If you look at now, if you, you know, if you're by the Google box and you look up Bernie Wrightson Silver Bullet illustrations, you'll see there are these lavish, horrific illustrations, but they are actually absence of any real horrific imagery. Yeah, the, they, the only one, the only one is where he's reaching into the car and ripping the guy's face that's off. Right. That's right. There's one <laughs> absolute like savage one, but the rest. Yeah. are a master class in building suspense within a single image. And yeah. I didn't realize that in grade five, what I was feeling. But as a um, uh, adult illustrator looking through his work, I realized how much attention is paid to composition, to the weight of light and dark in every line. He is just, he was a master Yeah, from a young age. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. He's the kind of guy, Justin, that you and I, when we see and we realize, oh, they're already good and they're only going to get better forever. Yeah. He was one of those illustrators that early on his brain just clicked and it worked every time. Yeah. And our, our tribute book is, uh, is going to contain not only uh, a lot of artwork by a lot of really amazing artists, but um, it's also going to be a collection of uh, remembrances from a lot of the writers and stuff in comics and, and film that who knew Bernie and worked with him on, because uh, Bernie did a lot of behind the scenes concept stuff for movies that 
people don't really know about because it never was really it never really got out there. Like they only released like maybe two or three years ago. Somebody actually found a bunch of his old uh, original concept stuff he did for Ghostbusters back in 83. Yeah. Didn't he do um, concept illustration for the like when the when the uh, machine that holds the ghosts crack and they all come spilling out and there's like a whole cadre of weird creatures that's all his designs okay you bet yeah there's a bunch and there's some terror dog stuff there's uh there's library ghost stuff there's they're all there's a bunch of the the ghost concept stuff that he did library ghost is the ghost that i did for your ghostbusters collection i represent a certain party that's uh, interested in your formula give an arm and a leg for it your arm and leg if necessary get out of my lap So for the rest of my life after grade five, my buddy Gary and I would call him the werewolf guy. And whenever (laughs) a comic would be on the stands that the werewolf guy did, we would hunt for it. So Batman the Cult came out, we hunted for that, right? This is before you could get comics easily. When the weird came out, right? We hunted for that, like hunted every copy of that so uh then the library across the street from our high school had copies of the swamp thing trade paperback what we would call the graphic novel um we hunted and then we took turns taking that graphic novel out from the library back and forth every time so he'd take it out have it for a couple of weeks then i'd take it out and i think for like two years we were the only people on the call sheet of that graphic novel just taking turns. Yeah, just taking yeah. turns, taking out that book. Because you couldn't get right? You couldn't get Hysterical. it. Yeah, so. I had, believe it or not, I had a similar situation with the book when I was in grade school. Um, do you remember the Hildebrandt brothers writing a book called Ursharak? I totally do. I recently found it at a uh, in a uh, bookseller's and sent it to a buddy of mine, um, who's working on a project with me because he didn't know it existed. Oh my goodness. Like, you got to find this book. You got to find this book. So yeah, the Hildebrand brothers were in that. Yeah. Same that's a, that's a real finding phase. Yeah. Um, me, me, and a, me and a really good friend of mine, when I was a kid, I had gotten a copy and, uh, and he read it. I, I read it and then I loaned it to him to read and we both just absolutely fell in love with it. And it's just this one off fantasy fantasy story uh with illustrations from the hildebrandt brothers and if you don't know who the hildebrandt brothers are you need to go look them up um and they're just you know just the book the book is fantastic it's just a, for for the when it, it just hit us at just the right age to just open that door into the world of like major fantasy see in the hildebrandt's like writes in approached genre illustration with the same detail and care that yes. fine artists of eras long past did. And I think that's why it resonated so much, became so foundational in horror. I've recently started finding his work in all the old Warren publications. Like I, I've got a little oh, source of old Warren stuff. So I'm like, hey, what do you got? What's with Bernie? Got anything with Bernie? Find me a Bernie, <laughs> right? Um, it's uh, it's interesting because when you're putting together a tribute book, I have to ask, how do you pick from a person who had such a long life, who is so well appreciated and is got 
thousands upon thousands upon thousands of illustrations and each one is a masterpiece. How would you choose? So, so with this project, there's actually, it's really about other people's remembrances and tributes to Bernie. So there's really the majority of the book is uh, people's interpretations of Bernie's work. Um, we are including some unseen before Bernie stuff that we're getting from his widow. Wow. And we're also, um, so my, my good pal, Walter Simonson, and uh, his good pal, Alan Milgram, uh, both lived in the same building as Bernie uh, in Queens back in the day. I'll also and, mention Howard Chaikin, who is a guest we're, uh, who's going to be on the show next week, also lived in that same building. Yes, he did. And at the exact same, well, and, and Howard has actually given us already uh, his written piece for the book. Amazing. Oh, he, he he absolutely refused to do a tribute piece of art because he said there's no way that I can dutifully do a piece that would live up to anything. So he goes, it's just not my style. He goes, I, I, I don't, I don't understand how he did what he did. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. And that was kind of my question as well. Like when, when other artists are, are contributing to this book, are they going to be trying to capture some of his, like his stylistic, like a some of them have. Yeah. Some of them have. And, and, and a lot of them are just doing, monsters that you know he's well known for or characters he's well known for in their own style okay so it's it's kind of a it's a mixed a kind of a mixed bag i have in my hand here i know this is in uh, this is an audio medium but this will be for steve's uh gratification i have one of the pride possessions of of mine because i heard that it existed but i found it from an old bookseller it's an Art of Rights in Volume 1. It was printed, I think, in the 90s. Let me see, 96, I think. Yeah, 96. Sideshow Incorporated did this series of Bernie, Art of Bernie Wrightson's as pop-up illustrations. Oh, my goodness. So it's layered illustrations of Bernie Wrightson <laughs> art. So they literally reach for you right out of the page. Nice. And um, they're faithful recreations, but they add that. The, the feeling I had as a kid that like his illustration would just literally come to get me if I wasn't careful yeah, is the right. feeling they tried to capture in this book. But that's fun. Speaking to Justin's point, how could you, how could anyone do justice to the well. sun? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's your argument. I don't, th I don't think anyone's going into this thinking they're going to mimic Bernie's style and get away with it. Um, the closest one uh, will probably be Kelly Jones. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you, uh, if you were to ask him that question outright, he would probably laugh. Um, his, his love of Bernie is, is beyond most so uh but when you look at like a lot of his pieces and the, and the work that he puts into his you definitely see that rights and influence especially in some of like the the shading and hatching styles that he uses sometimes on larger pieces yeah kelly jones is what am i thinking of was it called red rain the batman vampire yeah. piece that seems like a love letter to bernie Wrightson. absolutely absolutely 
And uh, so, yeah, we've, uh, we've it, Kelly is the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we've got we've got a ton of um, uh, writers, a ton of artists uh, from the world of, uh, of, of mostly comics and illustration. Um, you know, we've got a lot of people uh, who are we've actually still got some pieces coming in. Our deadline was a while ago, but we, you know, we extended it out because there were some guys who who really wanted to get a piece done, but they just didn't have any free time until the new year. So we've got a, we've got a few late, a late pieces coming in from, from guys like Tony Harris and, uh, and Bill Sienkiewicz and, uh, and Kelly Jones, obviously. I think those are worth the wait. Yes. (laughs) The, um, you know, I was just, it was occurring to me that in comics, sort of a parallel equivalency to the horror genre in straight up panel to panel comics, people will often talk about Alex Toth as being like a person to study and a person to know. And like, you should, right. if you want to understand comic storytelling, he's the master without a masterpiece, go look for his work. But unlike Wrightson, the more you learn about Alex Toth, in my experience, the less you like him as a person. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> but the more you learn about Bernie Wrightson, the more you like him as a person. And he, I the think- more, Yeah, the more you wish you'd got, you'd got to meet him, yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely true. So like, what a loss. Say hello to your boyfriend, baby. How does a publisher like yourself distribute a work like this, market a work like this? Who is the intended audience of a rights and love letter? Like to me, I feel like once it arrives, it'll be the lozenge that I feed to Justin so that he will really, (laughs) right? Be inoculated properly in the rights and world. That's right. But just celebrating a person, what's who's the audience when you celebrate an artist like that? Um, I think, you know, it's funny, you know, regardless of whether or not they contributed pieces to the book, there are so many artists out there who know and love and have been influenced by Birdie's work from a very young age. Like, you know, like yourself, who saw it and was just like, oh, my God, you know, when I was, you know, this this goes back to, let's see, that's the first time I was aware of Wrightson's work was probably let's see it wasn't quite a look back but it was probably soon after that so it was probably late 70s I was in the midst of like my 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 early or kind of my late my first comics renaissance and I I became aware of like that style like it wasn't com for me. It like I looked at it. It was it wasn't comics. It was it was art, and I uh, I immediately connected with his stuff. And I I had to go and hunt down a copy of a look back after I found out that it existed. And uh, it's I think that besides obviously all the people out there who knew and you know knew who Bernie was, uh, I think that this will go to a lot of folks who to just get an idea to find, just to maybe get a fine idea of who Bernie was. Um, I think like yourself, people have always heard stories about what a great guy he was. And I'm hoping that some of the stories that we include in here will give people an even, an even better understanding and kind of a richer way of hopefully knowing, you know, the man. And like, I, so I, I didn't recognize his name when Gregory uh, mentioned him to me. Um, but then when I, I looked him up and I realized that he has, like, I, I have read some of his books and he has impacted me. 
Um, growing up, I had a, a huge pile of Silver Age comics without the covers on them because my uh, grandmother worked at a drugstore. And oh, right. Send the covers back. Sure. You send the covers back. Yeah, you get money back. And so I had these like just assorted. So I had all kinds of comics from like all kinds of, yeah, just a bit of everything. And I had a bunch of um, like the the swamp things. Uh, sure. Like um, about the arcanes and like the, the monster arcanes. And growing up, I, I had seen the Swamp Thing Returns movie over and over and over again. I love that movie, but it's it's quite a bit different than the comic. So I was like, oh my God, a Swamp Thing comic. I'm so excited. And then I remember being terrified. And now when I reach back my mind and think of like, when I think of scary comics, I think of those arcane issues that Bernie had had drawn, which and I, I didn't know because I didn't have the covers. I never had his name attached to them, but unbeknownst to me, yeah. I, he he had those scary comics that reached in, you know. Yeah. One person in a generation can reach right into your right into absolutely. There was one monster in particular. It was just a human hand with a head on it, and it was the scariest <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, one of the things I will also mention that I think uh, I see in your work, Justin, that is evolving now, is that it's. Um, relevant to our conversation about Bernie Wrightson is Justin is undertaking these huge compositions that have so much more detail, so much more story, so many more layers than would normally be asked of a single panel illustration. Sure. Um, part of it being, you know, the event that has occurred has meant we all have more time to put into our art because we're going no place, I think. But um, that's the part I think that will speak to people who are looking for what is Wrightson's um, contribution is to approach each piece as if you shouldn't just finish it. You know, it should finish you. I've heard a few and read a few um, interviews with him where he talks about not being able to leave a piece alone because it just won't let go of him. And so he has to go back and add another line and add another piece. And, and in contrast to that, so Bernie shared a studio for a short time with Walter and uh, Walt has an absolutely beautiful half finished splash page uh, hanging on the wall of his foyer in his home that Bernie had inked of Batman and decided he didn't like it and had dropped it in the trash can. Hmm. So the amount of pieces that that Bernie probably started and threw away is mind boggling to most of us who have grown to know and love what what he did. And and just to think of all that work that ended up in a landfill somewhere. Yeah. But isn't that also part of the tribute is that when you're looking at a person's body of work you tend to accept it as the only thing they did instead of the final point in a series of mistakes they have to make in order to get that. Sure. Right. Sure. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, most people are going to, I mean, I think that most people will point to the pinnacle of his career as the Frankenstein problem. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, with, with, with those pieces now selling on the, on the third party market or on the auction market at, a million plus, 
the last double, the last full page spread that was, you know, that went, went for over a million dollars. Um, and, and I, I'm quite honestly, rightly so. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, when you look at the piece, it's, I think that most people who understand art and how long art takes, especially that style would look at that piece and just go, well, how long did that take him to draw a week? You know, and I, 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 I don't have a real concept of how fast Bernie worked. Yeah, nor do I. Hopefully your I book have, will elucidate us. I, I have a feeling he worked actually pretty quickly. Um, don't tell me that. It, don't tell me that. Tell me it took him months <laughs> because then I right. can accept it. There's a piece from that Frankenstein um, series of uh, illustrations where he's peering through the hole in the wall at the family. Yes. And the... Uh, chiroscuro effect of just the cross hatching creating a perfect in my opinion anyway a perfect 2d representation of light in a dark space i've never seen it done better uh, i i i try all the time to get even close to pick up the crumbs <laughs> of setting lighting in that way is it and black and white or it color? is black and oh, white. oh yeah, yeah even Harder. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, just totally wow. Um, so your partner or Steve Niles comes to you and says, you know, we want to make this book, this tribute to Bernie. How much of that is printed in blood? Then saying, okay, this is the shape of that book, and how much is it, Steve? Um, and I'm afraid I've forgotten his wife's name. Well, his wife's name is Monica, but his partner's name is Shannon. Shannon, the business partner. That's right. So how much of it is Steve and Shannon coming to you and saying, this is our tribute, take it or leave it. And how much is it is printed in blunt saying, you know, what about this? What about that? How does that relationship feel like? I'd be curious to know how that works. Uh, really good. I mean, uh, like I said, I've known Steve a really long time and I've known Shannon long enough that uh, they know what we do. Uh, they trust us. Um, as I said, I know Bernie's widow, Liz, and she trusts us. And we, it's been really, so far, it's been super easy. Um, it's been, it's been, we've been able to just been kind of be able to do what we do. Uh, once we get into the first um, solid layout of the book, I think is where we'll get our, our, our first real taste of that. Uh, but that's, you know, that's down the road a, a short way, but, but coming up quick. He's taking a formula. What do you think it is about Frankenstein that Wrightson was so enamored with? Was it something where, and I don't know this story, so I'm not, this isn't the leading question. This is a legitimate, like, I don't know the answer. And maybe you don't know either, but was Frankenstein one of those projects where his work just worked so well with it that it became connected to his name? Or was it a passion of his to do Frankenstein? I think it was definitely a passion of his. I, I think it was definitely something that he wanted to do because, I mean, he basically, you know, I'm Marvel footed the bill initially, you know, for the project. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he had done hundreds of pieces for this project, you know, and. And when I say hundreds, I mean, there were like almost 100 pieces that didn't even fit in the book. No, they didn't go in. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's I mean, there he did like all these illustrations. And then they went back and, and picked the ones that were going to be actually in the project. So, I mean, they actually... It sounds like you're describing a crime to me right now. 
Well, no, it's not that because actually you can find uh, there was a small uh, perfect bound paperback that was published back around the same time. I can't remember the name of the publisher, but it's the it's it's called the unseen or the unpublished Frankenstein images. And uh, it's probably 64 or maybe 80 pages. And it's just a perfect bound eight and a half by 11 paperback that was put out uh and it was uh it's pretty hard to find you've given me my uh, new must find <laughs> i thought my must find bernie wrightson thing was the man who murdered himself which i've never been able to put my hands on a real copy somewhere which i think is his first one of his first comic book projects uh, okay which is just you know that's just how it is and i yes it's true internet users you could find someone and just pay for it and have it shipped to you. But that's not, has never been my relationship with Bernie stuff. I love finding um, a, a bookseller's room and then asking them. And a bookseller usually says, oh, yes, we keep the rights and stuff over here, sir. Uh, so, <laughs> right, those are my favorite moments with Bernie Wrights. And it's like going into the dusty old library and finding the, you know, ancient manuscript, it feels like. But it's like, we're sure, sure. No, I uh, I needed to track down uh, a a copy of a look back, uh, an additional copy of a look back because I I I have my copy which I try not to take off the shelf and look at too much because um, the original production on it was um, was such that the glue that they used on them oh, no. dried out very quickly and a lot of the page signatures come out of it. But uh, I had to track down a second copy uh, to be able to actually look at and use on a more regular basis. So I have a copy that's in a dozen pieces that I uh, that I keep in a in a pile next to my desk. <laughs> now I can assure any listener that uh, all the printed in blood books that we have here they are all sewn binding, so you you won't ever have that problem with a printed. You in will binding. not have that problem with our book, absolutely. Although um, I kind of almost want to do it as a tribute to that <laughs> <laughs> crappy glue that'll fall apart. Just so yeah, you're sad. Crappy glue that'll fall apart in ten years. I'd like to do that if possible. A complete return to my relationship with Bernie Wrightson is how sad I am when the original copies fall apart. Yeah, it's, the more fragile it is, <laughs> the more valuable it becomes. Yeah, right? maybe that's true. I'll tell you a very <laughs> quick. I'll tell you a very quick Steve Niles Frankenstein story related to Bernie. I think it was right around the time that he must have been working on Frankenstein Alive, Alive with Bernie. Okay. And he was a guest of a show I was at, and just by hook or by crook, he happened to come through. Uh, Artist Alley where I was, looked at a book I was working on, picked up a copy, and I always do free sketches in the front of the in the front of the book. Now I know who Steve Niles is by sight. He doesn't know me from, you know, certainly from the crowd. Uh, so I'm like, oh, that's Steve Niles. I'm I'm excited, <laughs> right? I'm excited because I really admire his work. I really think he's, but I'm just playing it cool. I'm like, oh, thanks for, you know, I appreciate you picking up my work. And I'm about to turn and ask him for a sketch, but I know who he is. I know exactly what he's going to ask for. But I do anyway. I'm like, is there anything in particular you'd like me to, to draw for you? And I could have timed it to say Frankenstein at the same moment he said Frankenstein because <laughs> I just knew that's what he'd ask. Right. But it was also the first time I'd ever drawn Frankenstein in my life. I realized <laughs> and now I'm standing in front of someone who usually spends time with Bernie Wrightson's Frankensteins 
and I have to draw Gregory's <laughs> shitty Frankenstein for Steve Miles. So it went from being like a high point to a like, oh no, what have I done? The realization sinks in. Yeah. So that's amazing. So who else? Uh, who else can you tell us from comic book land or from uh, uh, horror magazine land? is contributing work to the book that you're allowed to tell us about so far. You've mentioned Sienkiewicz already, incredible. Um, yeah, uh, we got Tony Harris, uh, Kelly Jones, uh, you know, Joe Jusco has a beautiful piece that wow. he worked on a number of years ago that actually was working with Bernie on. Uh, him and, him and uh, Joe and Bernie were close friends and they had always wanted to do a piece together. And uh, so Bernie had penciled out uh, this image and then left a roughly penciled figure in the center uh, for Joe to finish. And then so, so, so Bernie sent the pencils to Joe and then he, uh, Joe put his piece in uh, and then sent it back to Bernie and Bernie finished out all the rest of the background. Uh, and then ended up sending the piece to Joe as a gift. Wow. So so Joe actually sent us a copy of not only the pencils, but also the finished inks, oh, wow. uh, as, well as, as well as the story behind the whole thing. Um, we've got pieces. Uh, we've got a piece from Liam Sharp. Uh, we've got a piece from Dan Brereton. Um, just oh, a Brereton, of course. He's got to be. Yeah. That yeah. Is, now that you say it. I've never put those two things together, but that painterly style for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously Kelly Jones, um, just trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, it's funny, a bunch of the artists who we work with fairly regularly on our books um, really produced some very nice pieces uh, in, in, you know, uh, you know, we have a lot of monster guys who do work with us and we work on so much, sort of IP based, you know, branded kind of stuff that this is a nice stretch for them because they can really just kind of like create and be artists. And there's a freedom that, you know, they don't have to stick with any kind of likeness. They don't have to stick with any, kind. they can just do like a really cool werewolf and it's, it's all good, you know, cause werewolves baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can honestly say, like, we've contributed to a number of the Printed and Blood books. When the announcement came out and, the, you know, they were putting this stuff together and I heard from certain people, like, oh, this book is happening. I knew about it before you mentioned it. Um, sure. I uh, had that same feeling of, like, I, I can't, I don't have anything to bring, right? It's like <laughs> the same feeling that I had when I was, like, drawn for Steve Niles. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. And I imagine that must be what a lot of people who are contributing to must feel now as they're looking into the work and then trying to produce. I th I'm sure that is the case, like much like Howard Chaikin was, where he was just like, my my work, me doing a piece of, of Bernie's, or he's like, will not make any sense. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel right. like a tribute, right? It'll feel right, exactly. Yeah. He's like, I can't do, I can't draw like that. That's not how I draw. But, uh, I think also that something like this, where it's a guy much like yourself who who has who has has that that connection and that feeling about the work, I think it's a chance for people to 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 just get something out of them and also be able to show 
other people about that love of this particular artist and say, you know, yeah, this may not be on par with what, you know, what Bernie did, but that's not what this is about. This is about how Bernie's work affected people, you know, and it's fun to see a lot of these guys who, whose work has moved into one style or another, but you can still get a, a really strong sense of that influence, you know, either early on or still kind of underlying the work that they're doing today. Yeah, com compositionally, his work occurs to me a fair amount when I'm like, hmm, what would Bernie do? Okay, well, I'm not good enough to do that. What, <laughs> what would someone copying Bernie do? I could probably do that. <laughs> that I can figure out. Swamp Thing so, or Swamp Thing Returns? Which did you guys like more? What's that? Swamp Thing or Swamp Thing Returns? Which thing? Which did I like more? Yeah. As a movie? As a movie. Ooh, Swamp well, Thing. Swamp Thing? Yeah. Which hammer would I rather hit myself with? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and coming from you, that's the most qualified. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're both. No, I, 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 and I'm joking. The first Swamp Thing, there is a, there is a certain level of there's a certain level of heart involved with the with the first Swamp Thing movie that is hard to get around, regardless of how silly it comes across. Yes. Yeah. yeah so uh, I, I would definitely go with the first one. <laughs> and hello, Adrian Barbeau. Yes, also true. <laughs> All right. So let's transition this way. Steve, someone wants to support this book. Someone wants to learn more about this book. Someone wants to pre-order this book or someone wants to bring their copy of this book uh, to Steve Niles to sign, uh, what should they know? How can they get it? Where should they go? So uh, so right now the plan is the book is going to be uh, published in, in hand in time for San Diego Comic-Con. You can go to, very simply, you can go to writesonartbook.com. Keep it, it like to keep it as simple as possible. Awesome. Yeah, beautiful. Now, if people want to find the other printed and blood books, which both Justin and I highly recommend, only because we're also in the table of contents, um, where should they go to find those books? Well, I'll tell you, the easiest way to go is to go to printedandblood.com. Uh, if you go to our if you go to our website, you will find uh, in our store listing, you will find not only uh, the books that we have coming out that are available for pre-order, which are currently uh, for the John Carpenter's Halloween and uh, the TV series Hannibal. But we also have links to the Amazon sales pages for um, our previously released art books through other publishers, which include Ghostbusters, Firefly, Aliens and Stranger Things. Amazing. Steve, thank you so much for sharing your stories about Bernie Wrightson and giving me someone I could talk to whose eyes twinkled as brightly as mine when his name came up. I appreciate You're that immensely. Um, my, absolutely my pleasure. And uh, this is Gregory Kamichuk encouraging you all to join the fight and make comments. <laughs>